What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast right on cue. My video starts glitching out, but we're just going to power through it. Uh, I am Will. Over there, that's Casino. I pointed the right direction. I don't believe you. (laughs) Pointed the right direction right over there. Uh, But Casino, what's going on today? Yeah, I feel like dog shit. Like sick? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm getting there. Uh, Emotionally, spiritually? All the things. I have the sultry tones today, everybody. Mm, Listen to Casino and Will on the mic. Mm. (laughs) But uh, we are recording a day late, uh, but we knew we couldn't miss this one because it is championship sunday it is going to be the san francisco 49ers traveling to philadelphia oh, and then, traveling to the super bowl i mean we'll talk about that and then it'll be the cincinnati Bengals traveling to kansas city uh so you touched on it there casino what's been the uh new uh new word of the day right here what's been the scuttlebutt uh well, I mean, that you've been word- hearing the word on the street. Well, the word on the street. I mean, well, bird is always the word to start off there. <laughs> Sometimes it's grease, depending on where you're at with all the cool cats and jazz. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but everybody. I mean, I have seen though on on TV they are saying Eagles gonna win, but um, like in percentages. But everybody I talk to that comes up to me and talks sports because they're sports people they just say oh san fran's gonna blow them out they're just gonna they're gonna crush the eagles and i'm like uh-huh uh where'd you get your source it wasn't <laughs> yeah. the sports podcast i'll tell you that i don't i don't understand it like literally the only time i've seen and me and you obviously don't watch that much like sports talk i watch like this week i've just been watching the clips I just of people when i drive around by the way yeah. i can't do the beanie my head's all itchy <laughs> I need a shower. Uh, me lights. too. I listen to a couple radio shows that are recorded and saved, and you can watch them. You can listen to them later. I don't know what they call those because obviously we're the only sports podcast. So I don't know what I'm those always, would be called. I'm always driving around, so I always have the the sports radio on. Yeah, like saved sports shows or whatever. But this week, I actually did listen to a couple of the. Uh, you know, clips that'll pop up in my feed about, you know, like all the ESPN shows, all the Fox sports shows, all the random shit. Like, I didn't even know Rich. Did you know Rich Eisen is still doing a show? Apparently. Rich and still it's, alive? It's, it's for Roku. Like, I didn't even know Roku had like. So basically what you're saying is he doesn't have a show. I mean, that was I, like, He's I saw Roku. that clip. I saw that clip pop up and I was like, oh, is this from a couple years ago? And it was like a day ago. And I was like, what? I mean, and I clicked on it. I forget the Roku, like, because I have Roku's and I forget that they actually have like their own app, like mm-hmm. in their system that you can watch shit on. I've been wanting to watch that Weird Al Yankovic movie with Daniel Radcliffe for a while now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it. It's free. It's on Roku. And then I just forget that Roku has it's, its actually- own app. And then I'm like, oh, shit. I just I can watch it. I just forget that it's there. I actually did watch it. It's really funny. I think you would love it. It's actually oh, really no, fucking I'm, good. I'm sure I would love it. I actually do like uh, Mr. Harry Potter. Um, 
Oh, so I, do I. Dude, I, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe, I, I think, I love what he did. He was in that box office mainstream uh, series for so long, and now all he does is just, like, really weird off movies, and I love that. You know who yeah. also did that? I mean, I'm going on a tangent here. Who also <laughs> did that that I really love was um, Elijah Wood. Yeah. Dude, Elijah it's Wood, like... He went, he did the whole Lord of the Rings, and then from there, he's just done off-the-wall stuff, like, it's fantastic. There's one movie where he's a klepto. It's called like everything's illuminated or something like something like everything's illuminated. Heard of or something it. like that. Yeah. It's like a klepto dude. And basically he long story short is he finds a photograph from his like great grandparent or something like that from world uh from like World War II or something like that. And he travels because he, he has to figure out uh he has to figure out what that video or that picture was. Uh, it's crazy it's it's great you know who also did that was uh robert pattinson remember he was like in all those twilight movies then he just started doing a bunch of weird indie movies and then all of a sudden he was the batman and he was like the best my favorite representation of what batman would be in real life which is just like a sad emo kid who just likes punching people in the face like that yeah but the lighthouse all that was the around about with him and William Defoe. Oh. Which one? Uh, it was like I think it was called Lighthouse with him. Oh, and the Defoe. Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, that was good. He was, and he was yeah, good in that crazy. movie too. But all of that was a round way of, I guess, bashing Rich Eisen because yeah. I didn't Tangent. know. I thought that Weird Al thing was like Roku's step into doing like actual programming or whatever i didn't know they were doing their own programming besides that weird al movie apparently rich eisen has a show on there every day i just saw clips of it uh and the funny thing is all of that was to say i didn't even really watch the clip <laughs> so i started it and then i just this is all her conversations go this is why we're on the phone <laughs> for hours at a time we're yeah. not really on the phone for hours at a time but we talk all day every day yeah pretty much but <laughs> All of this casino is to say every clip I keep seeing, it is people are talking about Brock Purdy, and we're just going to dive right into this game first. So no hesitation. Let's just go right into it. I was going to save it, but this has been building up. Uh, So the, let me click on it right here. So tomorrow, our time, noon, we are on the West Coast. So on the East Coast, it'll be 3 p.m., the San Francisco 49ers, 15 and 4, travel to the 15 and 3 Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. The NFC Championship game, whoever wins this goes to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I mean, the so I've said this multiple times throughout the season, and I think it is always panned out. Uh, more so like in what I'm saying than what I'm not, right? It happened with the Giants where I underestimated the Giants and then the Giants actually were good. And then I and then I was like, oh, the Giants are good. And then everybody else was like, the Giants are great. They're one of the best teams. They're going to the Super Bowl. It's like that overcorrection where a team you didn't expect starts getting good and then they become really good for like a week or two and then everybody just starts going put all my money on that team they're the best team i've ever seen right it it happened with the giants 
It happened with the Cowboys. It happened with the Seahawks. It happened with uh, the Chargers for almost the entire season. Like, it just happens where people who talk about sports, us included, get way too focused on a team, a team's performance in one week instead of looking at the cumulative, nice word there, cumulative, uh, what is it, experience they've had the entire season. That's why, like, this game will be much closer than Eagles and Giants, right? But last week, everybody was picking the fucking Giants, and everybody was like, oh, the Giants, the Giants, the Giants. And, like, people in my real life, people on TV, people on the radio just kept, like, giving the Giants this giant blowjob for beating the Vikings. And I just kept listening to it just being like, are we all watching the same fucking game? Like, what are we watching? There's no, and I even said it on here. I was like, it's going to be a blowout. I was telling people at work, because I have a bunch of people at work who are like betters, right? And they were just like, oh, what do you think? Giants by four, Giants by four. And I was like, dude, I wouldn't take Giants plus 10. I was like, it's going to be a blowout. I don't know why everyone keeps doubting this. And I was literally, it got to the point, obviously, you've seen throughout the season. I'm very hesitant to like back my team, but again, it's now the opposite with the Eagles. It started where nobody believed in them. Everybody thought they were overrated. Then they became really good. Now they're great, but because there's other teams in the way, people are being like, I mean, the Eagles, they've set like all these NFL records, but they're like, okay, they're kind of overrated. And But this guy over here, he's thrown three touchdowns in a game. He's the next Tom Brady. And it's just like, can we calm down? Like, why do we do this every time? It like, and this is with everything now. It's movies, it's politics, it's sports. Everything has to be the greatest or the worst. There's no in between, right? So now Brock Purdy, like, the media is like, this is the greatest story we've ever seen. This is the next Tom Brady. This is, and it's just like, can we cut? He's been in the game. He's been in seven games. Can we calm the fuck down? Like, this is also, it's like, this is happening in San Francisco. We've already seen this story before. It was called Colin Kaepernick. For three years, he was the best quarterback you've ever seen. He was going to revolutionize the game, all this kind of stuff. And then it's just like, he got to a Super Bowl, he kind of fell off, and then he fucking fell off a cliff, and now nobody even talks about, like, that one season he took his team to the Super Bowl. It's like... Well, and, and, and like just to go on, like, other quarterbacks that kind of happened to, like, Lamar Jackson, he was going to change the game with the running game and this and that, and, like, oh, well, it's now kind of a predominantly passing league. Yeah. Like, he didn't well, change the also- game, and, I mean, he came in and he did great, but uh, you heard it with... Uh, I remember RG3 was having an insane year, and then he got hurt. It's just like, it just just stop. Just stop. Well, well, and then in a much more relevant conversation to the type of quarterback Brock Purdy is, what happened to that 2017 Minnesota Vikings team led by Case Keenum, who was like destined to win the Super Bowl after the Minnesota miracle, and he was having this crazy Cinderella way, season. Congrats on remembering his name yeah well and done. it's just like he now this this past year i think he was a backup for the uh, commanders i want to say but it's just like 
there's all these stories. Jeff Hostetler, the one who, I mean, he actually won the Super Bowl for the Giants, what, back in, I think, 1990? But it's just like, there's all these people who have had one great season. On the Eagles, Nick Foles, he took them to the Super Bowl. Now he's the third string quarterback for the fucking Indianapolis Colts. Like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but it's like, is Brock Purdy better than all them? I don't fucking know. He's been, he's played seven games. Like, the way people are talking about Brock Purdy, and then in the same breath, they'll be like, Brock Purdy, maybe next Tom Brady, maybe next Tom Brady. But, you know, he's playing Jalen Hurts, who still has a lot to prove. And it's just like, the fuck are we talking about? Like, it's like, one is, one was the MVP of the season if he didn't get hurt for two games. One is a third-string rookie quarterback who has came in and played better than anyone expected a third-string quarterback to play. And it seems like everyone still has more question marks about the MVP uh, than they do the third-string quarterback. Like, I went through San Francisco's games, Casino. What do you think is a comparable comparison to uh, Philadelphia in an NFC championship game with that home crowd. What do you think what Brock Purdy has played in, I believe he's seven and oh, right? That's the yeah. thing with him. He yep. came in in the Dolphins game where they were, let's see, they were at home, right? So, oops, why did I just do that? So they were at- how to use computers. Uh, yeah, probably. They were at home for the Dolphins game. So they went, They he played at home against the Dolphins, at home against the Buccaneers. Both games, blowouts, right? The Dolphins think, were... Yeah. The I think Dolphins, the only one on here, keep going, I'll, I'll point it out as you get to it. The Dolphins uh, had that weird Tua game, right, where he just didn't look like himself. Maybe concussions, whatever, but I'll give them that. That is a good win right? Especially to lose your starting quarterback in it. Third string guy comes in. Great win. Next but week. It was at home. Well, next week as well at home against the Buccaneers. I think everybody knew, including us, that Tom Brady had one great game this season. They won uh, to win the division title and then they lost pretty much every other game they should have won. Right? So Buccaneers, whatever, 35 to seven, again, at home. Then they go to Seattle. So Seattle might be the most comparable one to Philadelphia, but mm -mm, again... I, I would say on week 17. Yeah. So uh, Seattle, again, great crowd, but nowhere near as talented as the Eagles, right? Like in terms of a team you're facing, because we talked about it all year. Uh, Seattle was the 31st or 32nd defense pretty much the entire year. Right. So that offsets the, the hostile crowd with just easy to pass on. And still, they win that game 21 to 13. Okay. So they win it by eight. Again, divisional game doesn't count in this conversation, even though Eagles Giants was a divisional game 38 to seven, whatever. Uh, next up, Washington Commanders 49ers. Oh, they play that game at home. Next up, 49ers Raiders. They play in Las Vegas. Here's the caveat for this one. It's on the West Coast. It's a, what, hour plane ride? There's no travel. And then 
49ers are hostile, but that crowd was like 50-50 Raiders fans, 49ers fans, again, because it's so close, right? Uh, that game, 37-34 to against a third-string, second-string quarterback, whatever the fuck Jared Stidham is, goes 37-34 to because, again, as we talked about, people talk about this 49ers defense like it's all-worldly, and it is against the run. Against the pass, they're 22nd, you can pass them. And that's what Josh McDaniels, your boy, uh, did with Stidham, your former boy, both your former boys. Then they go at home. Then in the wild card round, they are at home, at home. So of the games Jared Stidham has played, he has played away in Seattle and away against the Raiders. Both teams, what is it? Both teams that Seattle had to have, what, two teams lose and them to win to make it into the playoffs. Raiders missed the playoffs by six games. So those are the two games they played away during this entire, you know, Brock Purdy situation. Last week, they played at home against the Cowboys. What was the one thing everybody said about Brock Purdy in the first half of that game? He looked nervous. He looked scared. He looked jittery. He looked like he was uncomfortable. And then they go into the they go into the halftime. They come out the second half and they win 19 to 12. So again, what? Just play devil's advocate for me, Casino. What okay. is the formula for how the fuck the 49ers win this game? Because I can't see it. Like the Eagles are uh People keep talking about the 49ers having the number one defense. Guess who has the number two defense? Like, people keep acting like it's like, well, number one defense against number one offense. And it's like, yeah, but then it's 15th ranked uh, 49ers offense against the second ranked Philadelphia defense, who has had the third most sacks in one season in NFL history. Like, I don't understand it at all. You want me to play devil's advocate? I yes. can't. <laughs> like, I feel calling, like I, I mean here. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate on why people are saying Purdy's doing, you know, great. Yada, 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 yada. I don't even but, hate Purdy. It's just, no, he's no. a great quarterback, but again, you want to know like, what he's doing right. And I've talked about this. And I'm going to say it again, because I'll just keep drilling it into everybody's minds. He's protecting the football. He's doing what he needs to do, but you're right. That defense does let us a lot go behind. Like he, Purdy's not having flashy numbers. And in the playoffs, it's not just a quarterback game. It is everybody. You have to have everybody on board. You have to have a complete team to win the fucking Super Bowl, mainly defense. So, yes, San Fran, I I mean, you're saying, uh, I haven't looked up, but San Fran has the number one defense is what you're saying. Yes. Okay, you're right. Number two is the Eagles. It's like, come on, like, figure it out. I would, okay, I would say this. San Fran... They yeah they have the better run defense than the Eagles, but the Eagles have much better secondary. And I much rather have you try to beat me five yards at a time, than you get the lucky over the head shot and then we have to play, um, play from behind. And that's yeah. what's gonna happen. The Eagles have too many weapons, too many weapons, um, on uh, offense over the top. The same, the Niners aren't going to win the Super Bowl. 
If they do, I will put a sock in my mouth in the next episode. I promise. I'll, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to get flexible enough in two weeks or three weeks, whatever it is, to throw my foot in my mouth, if that's the case. But what it is is the last three teams that are in, outside of the Niners, you have the Eagles, you have Cincinnati, and you have the Chiefs. Well, Mahomes, Kittle, and that, I mean, yes, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore, but they could still throw the ball deep, and he's still getting it done. Mahomes you mean Mahomes still and Kelsey. Receiver. You said Kittle. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah. what... Big white guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is what but, it is. Um, but and then, also... and, then, and then in Cincinnati has one the the best three receiver core in the game. And then yeah. Philly, you have a double header. I mean, you have you have a two headed dragon there, you know, over the top. So fine, you know, stop Jalen Hurts on stop Jalen Hurts on the run, whatever. Stop Sanders on the run. You're not going to stop Jalen Hurts from throwing bombs to Brown. You're not. You're not going to well, have him. The two to what you're saying right now, the two stats that are crazy and I feel like are being overlooked. Jalen Hurts is the number one rated deep thrower this year of passes 20 plus yards in the air guess who is the worst defense against passes 20 plus uh yards in the air it would be the san francisco 49ers because like you're saying you can't run on them but you could definitely pass on them and you have the best chance of passing deep on them so Quez Watkins is one of the most underrated, fastest guys at that position. You have A.J. Brown, un, uh, again, underrated. They're trying to do all this diva shit with him Devont- this week, and he just kind of like – Devontae Smith is uh, maybe the best, like, possession, just get you a catch guy, and then you also have Goddard. So it's that, and then the Eagles, since they were, you know, the worst – one of the worst rush defenses in the league. They signed Sue. They signed the other guy whose name is escaping me. And then since those signings, they have been the number two rush defense in the league since they made those adjustments only behind San Francisco. So it's like when you, and it also. Was it it Hargrave? I don't remember. Who was it? No, it was like, Vindley or something like that uh i don't remember it's not it's not important but basically they saw an issue and they immediately solved it and then that issue has worked right like it's been the uh now you're gonna make me look it is i know i am looking find it when i find it oh uh linval joseph uh defensive tackle So both those guys came in, sue him, and the Eagles have the reason why they have the best defense and best D-line, like up front, like the best front seven, is because they have such a deep rotation, right? Like they traded for Robert Quinn from the Bears, and he gets like 10 snaps a game just because they're always, you know, uh, rotating him out. But yeah, go on, Casito. I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, No, no, I mean... You, you go on you you keep you're adding on to what i was saying but it, it's i mean you those you you nailed it we really don't even have to talk more about that about this subject you nailed it on the head when you're saying san fran is one of the worst long longest over the top um secondary coverages in the game 
And Jalen Hurts, all he does is throw bombs to them downfield because you have to respect, you have to respect the run game of the Philadelphia Eagles. You just have to. I mean, they're not, they're not crushing you on the run game, like constantly, unless you you can play a team that's bad on on the run defense. But they definitely make you have to watch for the run in every play, every play. Yeah. Well, even, if, even if he's in a shotgun with five wide, you have to watch for the run. You yeah. just have to. Well, and, and also that opens up that opens up that back safety where there's just the one safety back in back there. Pick a receiver, you know. Okay, I'm going to cover Brown on this one. He needs the extra help. Oh, guess what? Smith's on the other side. You're fucked. Well, so. also, last week, the Eagles rushed for 268 yards. 268 yards. If they got half that, so what? They would be 134? That would still be double what the 49ers are usually allowing. And I do think, what is it? The 49ers... I saw this uh, this quote from um, Nick Bosa where he was at the podium and they were asking him how much has Jalen Hurts changed from last year when you guys played each other to this year. And uh, Nick Bosa, because he's a dick, right, he just goes, oh, I really haven't watched any tape on him. We've just been focused on the run game. Like – Okay, well, hopefully that's uh, bullshit because then that just means, again, people just want, we've been talking, we talked about this on a different subject off the air. People just say things without there being any facts or any weight behind them. Like uh, halfway, or I think like a couple podcasts ago, where I was talking about, I think it was Nick Wright or whatever was like, well, now that they solved the the rushing attack against this Eagles defense, you can pass on them. Like, you can always pass over the top on them. And they were the number one ranked pass defense. And it was just like, he was just saying it with such conviction without anything backing him up. People keep forgetting that the two biggest challenges where the uh, Eagles were supposed to get their ass kicked, quote-unquote, were the Titans game. When the Titans were seven and five going into Philadelphia at 11 and one, Philadelphia was just coming off that uh, Monday night loss, right? Where they, and everybody was like, oh, or no, they were coming off the Monday night loss, the rough loss against the Colts. And then they uh, Packers put up 33 on them. So they were like, Eagles are done. Eagles are done in that game. Jalen hurts passed 29 for 39 yards, 380 or I'm sorry, 29 completions out of 39 attempts, 380 yards, three touchdown, and he won. He ran the ball five times, 12 yards, and one touchdown. So people just keep acting like he is, uh, what is it, like Justin Fields, where Justin Fields passes for 130 yards a game and then runs for like 220. There has been much more games this season where he has thrown for over 300 yards and like three touchdowns, no INTs. Like it is, again, his stats this season, people just keep disrespecting his arm, his just passing yards this year. He's 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. And then he has, uh, 
oh, we're not going to do the rushing thing. But he has like 14 rushing touchdowns. So he has 36 touchdowns, six turnovers. Like, and people are acting like he has, still has something to prove. Remember, it was like last week, it was like, well, the one time we saw Jalen Hurts in the playoffs was against this Bucks team. Uh, he was really bad with a completely different team. And then it's now it's just like, oh, well, how will he play against the Giants? Blows him out. And now it's just like, I don't know. I don't trust Jalen Hurts. We really haven't seen it. And it's just like, when have you not seen it? He had his best games this season against playoff teams, which means he plays his best against the best competition. If Joe Burrow, if uh, Patrick Mahomes, if Josh Allen had those stats where it was like they played their best against playoff teams or against the best teams on their schedule, people would not stop mentioning that and giving them constant blowjobs. Like the disrespect for Jalen Hurts and this Eagles team is like fucking crazy to me. It is crazy, Casino. Um, crazy. Ugh. All right, I'm done ranting. Anything uh, uh, you want to do your X factors for this game? Yeah. Um... <laughs> so now that we're talking about them, let's just get the Eagles out of the way and then we'll give uh, San Francisco their flowers. Boys, stop. Go for it. Uh, so I might, to, I might have to yell at my dog, so go for it. All right. I picked a, what is it? I picked a X factor for both offense and defense. So for offense, I'm actually picking an unconventional pick, and I am picking uh, Boston Scott as my X factor. And here's why. Last week you was that. You, you said that's what he was going to be last week. I did. And this is why I'm picking it. I Last week, I thought it was going to be the Boston Scott game. It was not, right? It was the Kenneth Gainwall game. So I feel like the Eagles have this three-headed rushing monster, right? We've seen now a great game from Gainwall. We've seen Miles Sanders have a great season. So the 49ers are going to be focused on stopping the main back for the Eagles, which is Miles Sanders. Then they're going to look at tape from last week where Kenneth Gainwell went off, and that opens the door for Boston Scott. Again, if the Eagles, I feel like there's two definite, like, they win if it gets, if any of these two things happen in the game. And this factors into my X factor. I think at if, at if any time the Eagles are leading by 10, they win this game because I don't think the the 49ers have enough firepower on offense against this defense to come back from down 10. Especially, I keep, uh, Casino, I keep texting you my dream premonitions about this game uh, or about this Eagles team. I've seen Eagles-Bengals Super Bowl, which is going to be my pick because I saw it in a dream. Uh, but I keep seeing the number of this game being 24 to 10. I think it ends 24 to 10. There's a possibility it ends 24 to 17 and the seven and the last seven points are like end of garbage time kind of thing, right? I think it is, oh, we lost Casino. But yeah, so I think it's 24 to 10, maybe 24 to 17 with a garbage time uh, touchdown, right? So Boston Scott, this is what I'm saying. 
Miles Sanders, they're going to watch tape from last week for Gainwell. Miles Sanders for obviously the season. That opens the window for Boston Scott. My other quote-unquote X factor, whatever, if they're ahead by 10, they win. If they also get over 80 rushing yards, I think they win. The San Francisco 49ers are number one in rush defense, and I've talked about how great they are with rush defense this entire season, but they're only allowing 78 yards, 77.7 to be exact, yards per game from the running back or from the rushing attack, excuse me. So if they do over 80 rushing yards, right? And if it's anything over 80, it could be 100, it could be 81 yards. I think they win this game because, like Casino said, if now this 49ers defense that the entire season has made the opposing team so one-dimensional, right? Because that's honestly why they have to... That's honestly why it's shocking that the 49ers are as bad as they are against the the pass uh, passing attack, right? They are 20th in the league now. But the shocking thing is they're so good at stopping the run and the quarterbacks they have played. I mean, we just, look, we just did it, I think, last season. But to refresh everybody, uh, let me pick. Oops. To refresh everybody, since Purdy came in in his seven-game winning streak, they've obviously played Tom Brady, who has had a damn year, right, in terms of passing yards and all this kind of stuff. And then, or in terms I'm of back. his receivers, because he was back. Back. <laughs> but. Uh, I plugged in the toaster. <laughs> they played, they played Geno Smith twice. They played Stidham once, and then in that Commanders game, they played against Heineke and Wentz, who both actually had good games and, like, went off. It's weird that Heineke got benched in that game because he was actually playing okay, but I think it was the fumbles. And then they played Stidham. They played uh, the Cardinals. They played David Blau. I don't know who that is. And then Trace McSorley. And then they played uh, Geno Smith again and Dak Prescott. Uh, playoff deck right so for their passing stats to be that uh bad against those quarterbacks in this win streak is kind of like mind-boggling so if they get if the eagles get over uh, 80 yards uh, rushing mind-boggling mind uh the scuttlebutt casino which i was talking about is you're good my X factors is Boston Scott. If the Eagles get over 80 yards rushing in this game, and it could be 81 yards, it could be 160 yards. I don't know. And if they lead by 10 any time in this game, I think they win this game. I don't okay. think it's going to be a blowout. The, who was the defensive one? My defense one I have not picked. Oh. Uh, do you want me to do defense or do you want to do offense? And then we'll I'll go do my offense one. Yeah, do I, your offense. I, I think it's going to have to be A.J. Brown. So Smith has been really been the main target lately. Right. Because he's just always open. It's crazy. He's just always open. So I, I really think that the Niners are going to see that film. Obviously what, um, what's his face said, saying, Oh, we're just focusing on the run game. Bullshit. That that's his (laughs) way of saying like, throw it over the top. We want you to. So they're going to have to be really good back there. And I really think that they've been watching a lot on, Obviously, all the people. I mean, they're not going to just say, oh, Devontae Smith's having a good time right now. 
A.J. Brown, don't worry about him. I don't think they're going to do that. But I think A.J. Brown does have to step up and get more open like Devontae Smith has been. Um, He needs to see some more targets, um, especially if they start doing a double coverage over the top on Smith. You're going to need Brown to step up um, on that long ball. So I'm going with A.J. Brown. I know it's a little cliche. Whatever. Fuck off. (laughs) Well, the Eagles finished the season as the ninth best passing attack in the league and the QBR was six best in the league. So I mean, I mean, overall this for the season, um, AJ Brown is four yards short of 1500 yards um, uh, receiving. So he also, his longest catch was 78 yards, 78 yards. Damn. Yeah. That's so nothing. I mean, and Devonte Smith's only coming up. He's only four away from, um, 1200 yards for the season um and this is just regular season this is not including postseason um at least that's what at least my thing is telling me that it's just yeah. regular season not postseason so then if you add the postseason um they're both over those marks but i really do think that aj brown has to start getting open a little bit more uh in these playoffs and maybe that's what's happening is they're just i haven't watched these games like super close but maybe that's what's happening where they're going super hard on aj brown and that's why Devonte smith is getting so many targets um but all right i'm gonna jump in first because yes, i don't sir. think you're gonna say the same one but i'm going defensive first and this is a shout out just because i need my cox cable to be better i am going fletcher cox <laughs> <laughs> good call and that's, to go, and that's good call that that's really the only reason is just because I need my cocks to be better. So that's all. That, that, uh, that's all. That, I don't, I'm not gonna say any more on that. Uh, no, I mean he's he's got seven sacks. Um, oop. Why why are you doing this to me? Don't do this to me. You're being jerk jerky make jerk face. Here, wait. I have his stats pulled up right here. Thank he's you. got. Uh, oh, I just love. He's got. 23 solo tackles, 20 assists, seven sacks, seven tackles for a loss. Uh, And he also has a fumble and fumble recovery. He has a total of 43 sacks. So, yeah, it is. Or 43 tackles. Yeah, they talk about, or 43 tackles, sorry. They talk about how everybody has 11 sacks uh, or like over 10 sacks. He's pretty damn close with seven. So they almost had five players with uh, 10 sacks. But go on, Casino, talk about your cocks. It just needs to be better. It needs to perform better. Um, <laughs> it, it's been a little limp out there. I need to see a little bit more stiffness on the line, and and, and the penetration needs to be there a little bit. Um, a little bit. He needs to be – Cox needs to be faster on the penetration. Um, yeah, he, he needs to drill that target. Are we, uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we're reading texts from your wife now. It's crazy. Uh, but she has good insight into the game. It's not this game, but it is a game. Uh, my pick is, you know, uh, my pick is the returning, and that is right, the returning Avante Maddox, who has been cleared to return for this game under represented and reported story in this is the Eagles 
uh, for the first time it since like week, I want to say like eight or sometime around sometime around midseason, the Eagles for the first time since midseason have all 22 starters for offense and defense uh, starting this game. So for how long this season has felt to have everybody healthy right going into the NFC championship game at home, I think is a big story that is very dude, under. I'm, I'm looking at these stacks, dude. They're, the sack total for this team is just absolutely insane. Yeah, we dude, have. Dude, so do you think, I mean, just kind of going on a little side note, do you think Hassan Reddick is defensive player of the year? No, I think Joey Bosa is. I think Hassan Reddick is second. I think I think he's been a way Six, better sixteen sacks, five force fumbles. Come on. Yeah, but you look at you look at um oh I don't Bosa. have it up here. You look at the 49ers or whatever with Bosa, and he has my thing finishes. Where's Bosa? He has not 19 or no, I'm sorry. 18 and a half sacks. He has 51 total tackles, uh, two forced fumbles. Like, yeah, yeah. he's been a monster. Yeah, only two forced fumbles. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) But I do think Hassan Reddick is very underrated this season. He has five forced fumbles. Three of them he recovered. And then he also has 16 sacks. And there are just some games, and I want this to be a game like this, there's some games like the Giants game last week where he was within one second of hitting Daniel Jones at least 10 separate times before Jones threw the ball away. He also got, I believe, a sack or two in that game. So it's like the the way this Eagles team wins against Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense and how they eliminate and stop the threat of a Christian McCaffrey of a Debo Samuel is they have to hit him early and hit him often. Because if you're in Philadelphia, one of the best home field advantages in the league, and you're almost getting to the quarterback or hitting him, that crowd is going to be going fucking insane during every offensive play. So you're going to have to go to a silent count. You're going to have to go to a silent snap, right? And then it's just going to be uh, you trying to get your – uh, the ball out of your hand as quickly as possible and it can only go to two people right if you don't have time to throw it it's not going to kittle so you're either going to have to swing it out of the backfield on you know uh uh like sweeps or just dump off passes and stuff like that to McCaffrey or Debo and then again uh our friend uh Leah our friend Hawk's wife uh she was texting me during the game and she was just like uh because hawk and leah are like by osmosis eagles fans yeah right and i hate that i couldn't why couldn't they be by osmosis Pats fans if you're listening but, to this which i know you guys aren't, aren't i love you, oh, fuck you but she was texting me last week uh during the 49ers cowboys game well no it was whoa. hawk too both of them were texting me, <laughs> but they, uh, Leah was saying how much slower the 49ers looked compared to how the Eagles played the Giants. And I kind of went back and watched that game. It's true. 
the defense looks fast. The offense, when it's not in Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel's hands, they don't look as fast as how the Eagles play either offense or defense. I think you have to do what we saw last week from uh, what? Who is that 49ers uh, linebacker who has just had a fucking insane game? It was, uh, oh, Fred Warner, where he was running Warner. stride for stride with CeeDee Lamb, and it was fucking ridiculous. I think Hassan Reddick has that kind of speed and capability to cover Kittle, but I don't want to see him in that role. I want to see him on the line, like rushing Purdy and just putting him in the ground or just making him hesitate long enough where he has to throw the ball away. This is a long way to say, as I've been long-winded this whole episode, my pick is Avante Maddox as my <laughs> X-Factor player because before he uh, got injured, he was the number one ranked corner in the league in terms of, you know, passes thrown to him, pass completions, yards, blah, blah, blah. He was tops, even more so than Darius Slay started the season great, kind of cooled off, uh, kind of has reemerged as great, but Avante Maddox was the number one corner on this league. So if you or if you have him, right, just on Debo and can keep up with Debo, maybe even put Slay on Debo as well, that opens up your entire defense to focus on Kittle, which you have someone as, uh, as athletic as Hassan Riddick, or you have Chancey Gardner-Green, right, who's now moved from the corner to the safety position. You have those two to take care of the tight end, and then all the rest of your defense has to do is focus on Christian McCaffrey and then stopping Purdy. And again, Purdy can be stopped with, hopefully, with this D-line or with this defense, uh, defensive front who have gave, who have gotten over 70 sacks this season. So I think Maddox back really changes the dynamic of how you have to play this Eagles defense because it's going to open up the door for if it's not Kittle, if it's not McCaffrey, if it's not Debo Samuel, who is up next? Like they're going to – it's going to have to be Brandon Ayuk. Uh, who is great. Uh, I think he's a, well, I don't want to say great. I think he's a good wide receiver who has been elevated to being a great wide receiver. And he had a thousand, uh, 15 yards this season, uh, 78 receptions, which again is a good season, but I don't think he is the casino raised his hand. I see it. <laughs> I don't think, uh, he is, the type of threat you have to worry about compared to Kittle, compared to Samuel, compared to McCaffrey. But again, it's just those four. I think the Eagles defensive personnel, they have those matchups. And then it just becomes the, the biggest X factor matchup is 49ers O-line, Eagles D-line. And I think Eagles D-line wins it. But I'm terrified of this game. Even though it sounds like I'm confident, I'm still terrified because it's an Eagles game and I'm terrified of everybody. Uh, now, Casino, over to the 49ers. What is, who is your X factor for the 49ers offense? Man, I had defense. We should do defense. We did offense first last time. Okay. Then who's your 49ers defense? A strong safety, number 29, Talanio Hufunga. 
I get Jesus. Is that, is that, is that, I don't know how to say his name. I don't fucking know. Great attempt I, though. I think I think Hufanga is right. I've heard that plenty, but um, Hufunga. he needs to have a big game. He needs to have a big game. Uh, so for the season, he has four interceptions, uh, uh, nine uh, PDs, pass deflections. I'm assuming that's what that means. I yeah. don't know. I've never seen PDs. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but in the regular season, he had a really good regular season. And we talked about you're going to have to be good. You have to be good out in the back. Uh, the, the safety help over the top is going to have to be just on point. It has to be perfect. Um, so far in this postseason, though, he has no interceptions. He only has five, uh, 10 tackles, five solo, five assisted. That's it. He needs to be better. He needs to be way better. Um, so that's through two games so far. So I truly, I mean, that's two games, right? Yeah, because they didn't have, yeah, two games. Yeah, Seahawks, right? Yeah. yeah. So he needs to be much better. Um, I think he has to be, he has to be the X factor. He has to at least have one pick at least one pick um, this game if they want to have a chance. I, I truly think so. Because um, if not, they're just gonna, that means they're just completing the passes over top. Um, so, or more, or even just some um, knocking the ball down, which I don't, he hasn't had anything in the postseason. The regular season, like I said, he has a few, but he needs to be better. So that's who I have for the defense. Um, player of the game and i'll just jump in for myself going right over to uh, uh you would think it would be purdy i mean we all know that i've been saying that purdy just has to keep protecting the football which is fine you know that's that's what he has to do but i truly think that you need to have one of your most shorthanded players have the best game and really not so much the long game but really dive down that middle. Kittle needs to have a phenomenal game. He has to be a big presence. He has to be that target where any time that Purdy gets into trouble, he can just throw the ball up wherever Kittle is, and Kittle has to make those plays with his size. So that's where I'm at with my offensive and my defensive. Um, we've been on this game way too long. Yeah. But I enjoy uh, it. My, uh, my X factors for the uh 49ers defense i have actually both linebackers i have dre greenlaw and fred warner uh who are their top two uh i'm sorry their top two leading tacklers i believe this season uh during the regular season and they're both having a great postseason i mean Last week, I don't think I can talk about it enough. That Fred Warner game against the Cowboys was one of the most impressive things I think I've ever seen from a linebacker. Like, just running stride for stride and breaking up passes against the number one wide receiver for the Cowboys completely changed the entire dynamic of that game. Like, to be that fast and that athletic while also being that big, like, is fucking insane he was playing like a safety he's their middle linebacker right. i believe so fred warner uh dre greenlaw both they both had uh 130 to 127 tackles this season only two sacks but i don't think that's the game they play they don't really send them on like linebacker blitzes but fred warner and greenlaw are gonna have to be 
the field generals in the middle of this field where a lot of the Eagles offense is going to have to either run through or have, you know, crossing routes with Watkins, who is unbelievably fast and Goddard, who is unbelievably good. And that's going to open up, like you're saying, the safeties to the deep passes, right? But again, if you can contain the run, which these two need to, you know, limit the number of rushes up the middle and then limit the number of runs that Jalen Hurts does on them. So they're going to have to play sideline to sideline within five yards of the line of scrimmage and just keep everything in front of them because the second the passes, the wide receivers, the running backs get past them, then it's open season, right? That back into the 49ers is not as good as that front seven. So if that front seven can contain uh, the, you know, the running ability of Hertz, the short passes, the passes out of the backfield, the screens, that opens you up to the back half of the defense, but you're not getting hit on the easy plays. It's going to have to be all or nothing on the deep plays, which we said might still make you lose. But again, like Casino was saying, would you rather lose because you gave up two 80-yard bombs, or would you rather lose because you gave up two drives where they went 16 yards and each time it was four yards, which I've talked about multiple times is how the Eagles beat you. And this is why I do think the Eagles are going to win this game because as I said, very graphically last podcast, they do the two stabbings in the gut, right? With the giant fucking we don't need cartoonishly to hear large butcher knife, right? Where it's, and this game is perfectly set up for this. Two 80-yard, 70-yard bombs to Smith, to Watkins, to, to A.J. Brown, to Goddard, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's 10-0. to You score a touchdown. You're feeling really good about yourself. And then they just do a 1,000 cuts where it's just two yards, three yards, four yards. I'm saying if you want to avoid losing this game as a San Francisco 49er, these two linebackers have to contain those three and four yard plays. If they make it so they're getting one yard per play and that completely shuts that down, they're going to have a much better chance of stalling this Eagles offense to where they might get a right. couple big plays. All you have to do is make what three more than they do to if you're a 49ers so, and you let's win. Get, let's get down to the nitty gritty. We've been on this, this one game for over an hour here. Um, <laughs> It's the so, big NFL championship. I had a lot to say about this game, Casino. I don't have I, that much I, to say about the next one. I understand. It's your team. So who are you picking? Uh, I'm don't doing do reverse. It. Don't do it. <laughs> Just be no. a man. I picked them last week. I'm finally uh, uh, supporting my team and the reverse jinx don't and supporting by picking them, not trying to do reverse jinx. I legitimately think this is my favorite Eagles team I've ever watched. It's the best Eagles team yeah, I've ever watched. you've said that to me like every day for the last three weeks. Yeah, I think this is the Eagles. I'm going to say, I think it's Eagles. I think it's like 24 to 10, 31 to 10. I think it's, I don't think it's as close as people think it's going to be. I really don't. Looking at the numbers and how these teams play, I think this Eagles team is really well equipped to beat the 49ers in the way 
in the only ways you can beat the 49ers, which is over the top, be faster, get to the edge. Like, I think it's Eagles. Okay. I mean, you've got a pen, so you obviously know what you're talking about. Ooh, the wife is calling me. So I'm just going to answer this, and I'm going to pick my pick. Ready? Boom. There's my pick. That's the closest thing I could get to an eagle. It's a chicken. Oh, oh okay. It's a chicken. Uh, so we're both picking the eagles. Uh, next up, oh, and my offensive X Factor, I talked about him a little. I think it's Brandon Ayuk, and we don't really have to go into that much. It kind of goes off what... I was uh, saying earlier, which is I feel like the Eagles can contain all the other aspects of the 49ers offense, which opens up IU to have a big hmm. game. And um, I think he's going to have to have a big game to give the 49ers a chance to win. But I agree with Casino. We've talked too much about this. But as I said also, to my wife. Update. And speaking of wife, that was my wife. My um, wife. Apparently, she 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 heard me talk about Fletcher Cox. So. <laughs> and she wanted no. uh <laughs> but no i told my she wife like, oh man how you described fletcher cox i, I i'm hot and steamy now she did not say that at all uh but yeah i was talking to my wife before this podcast and i literally told her i think this game tomorrow and i've been an eagles fan since i was like 9 10 right 1999 i'm 32 now so since I've been nine or 10, I told her, I think this is the third most important game of my Eagles watching career, because the first two are obviously the Super Bowls, both against your Patriots, the one where they won, one where they lost. Those are the most important <laughs> games. The one against the 49ers, the NFL or the against the Vikings, that uh, NFC championship game. We're still I had, talking about I thought, this game. Yeah. This is my last little antidote. I thought they had no shot because it was a backup quarterback and there was an out, right? Where it was like, oh, we had our backup quarterback. This game is more important than that Vikings game because like I said earlier, they have all 22 starters. So I would be shocked and disappointed and I might break my laptop so there's never another sports podcast if the Eagles lose this game, Casino. Especially because everybody's picking them so to lose, say, and that really fucking goes. I'm going to have to pick a different career. Yes, uh, but now let's move on. Despite all of this talking about this game, Casino, there is another game that's playing that most people are much more excited about, and that is the 14 and four Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs to play in Burrowhead Stadium. Uh, with the 15 and three Kansas City Chiefs. The funny thing is, the Eagles and 49ers have been relatively respectful to each other, except for putting the 49ers jersey on Rocky, which both other teams that oh, have ever done that 38 to seven blowouts. Back to so, this game. No, no, just continue. Let's just no, no. But besides, we'll, we'll that, do a special segment just like tomorrow morning, like before the games of Bengals Chiefs. That's it. And that's all um, it's going to be. It's going to be a five-second clip of us saying Bengals cheese. But no, what I was saying about that is 49ers Eagles have been relatively respectful to each other. The Bengals Chiefs every day are just talking insane shit about each other. And clearly these two teams fucking hate each other. Like the Eagles 49ers really have no like history against each other. So it's just like a fresh matchup. Just within the last three years, 
the Bengals Chiefs have all this crazy history where uh, Mahomes can't beat Burrow. Burrow goes into Kansas City and beats them in like a crazy upset in Arrowhead to go to the Super Bowl. Do you think, let's get the picks first for this one, Casino. Do you think the Bengals go into Kansas City and beat them again? Where's, where's, where's my emojis? Where's my emojis? Because I have such an old computer, I, don't, I can only do emojis. So <laughs> I'm going with, that's a yeah, Bengals. See, that up. does look like a Bengal. Well, yeah. it's, it's technically a Tiger, but. You're going whatever. with the, the Bengals. The, Easily, the, 100%. The 100%. I am honestly, I think I'm picking Kansas City. And I mean, I think, not a bad pick. I mean, not, not a bad pick at all. It's what's the, the line? What one and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Both, both uh, well, of these games the are under, both these games are under three. It's, well, yeah. Picking either of these games, there's like no value. I know it's going to be a shitload of money bet, but it's just also like you get no value no matter which way you play, unless you do the super you know, specific ones where it's like, I think he passes for over 200 yards and he gets 70, blah, blah, blah. But like just picking the games, you're going to have to put a shitload of money to get anything of value. What did, did, what did you say? Shitload of what? Like the shitload of super money. specific. Money. <laughs> Casinos discovered emojis. Because that's Just... all my computer can do. <laughs> it's, it's built back 15 years ago, my, my laptop. It's Windows 7. Oh, God. You need a new uh, computer casino. I know. But uh, before we dive into the X factors for this game, how much of either a problem or advantage, like a problem for the Chiefs or advantage for the Bengals, do you think this whole Patrick Mahomes high ankle sprain issue is going to be? It's going to be more of an issue for kc not more of an advantage i think the Bengals. i'm calling even if uh, he was in there if mahomes was in there healthy um i would still pick the Bengals over mahomes just because the track record shows it um these coaches know how to play kc but it's definitely gonna hinder the chiefs a bit because patrick mahomes needs to move that is what he is he's kind of thrown his life into is moving and he's gonna need to he's gonna need to figure that out, one hundred percent. He he has to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be a much harder time for the Chiefs to overcome that. You just protect the outside and you you keep Patrick Mahomes um, in the center. He he's still a good quarterback, you know, in the pocket, but not being able to have him move. He struggles. He needs time to see the field. Those receivers, uh, especially Kelsey, they know how to get open for him. Um, I think that this is going to limit his mobility and that's going to hurt his game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, and as we saw, even when these two played back on December 4th, is Patrick Mahomes in these games needs to move around. And again, we've talked about he's not a Lamar Jackson or a Jalen Hurts where he's always running past the line of scrimmage to pick up, pick up yards. He'll maybe once or twice a game do that little scramble either to the left or right to just pick up like a short first down. But he's obviously not putting up 100 rush yards a game. He is, however, 
behind the line of scrimmage, one of the most mobile quarterbacks, right? Like every one of his highlights is him running behind the line of scrimmage till somebody, you know, gets open and then he darts it to him. And then everybody acts like they've never seen anything like that in the history of their lives. So I don't know, going into this game, Casino, what do you think is more overhyped? Patrick Mahomes as a whole or Joe Burrow against the Kansas City Chiefs? What is more hyped? What is more overhyped? Um, I, I'm going to say Mahomes. Um, that's really just a tough one, in my opinion, because I, I feel like that's they're both kind of silly. Um, Mahomes is Mahomes. He's fantastic. He's shown what he can do. Even with a bum leg, I still expect greatness from him because that's what he does. He just, he's great. Um, Cincinnati, you can't look over the fact that they have beaten the Chiefs three times in a row and not just regular season. You, you got the playoffs in there too on the road. So you know it can be done. Something though, it is supposed to be 25 degrees, snowy. Um, not saying the Chiefs don't play in that those type of games because Arrowhead is always cold and snowy, but the I don't know how much this factor factors in for you at least. Um, it does to me. The Bengals just played a snow game. Oh, that's a good point. They I just played a snow that. game. Yeah, and their their game plan for the snow worked perfectly against a team who plays in the snow. So. I think they just kind of stick to that game plan for the most part. Um, so I'm going to just jump in now because, I mean, we don't have too much time left, I don't think. Uh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to do both my Cincinnati picks here because last week you took one of mine, and I hate you for it, but I'm going Von Bell. <laughs> I said it first. Safety. You're going who? Von Bell. Oh, okay. Oh, you're going safeties. Uh, I'm going double safeties. On I'm, I've been safety guy here. Um, but I, I think he needs to have a big game because like I said, Mahomes isn't going to be, um, super mobile. So you're not going to get a lot of those. I, I don't ex expect him to be super mobile. So you're not going to get a lot of those. Um, I'm running this way. Here comes Kittle kind of running this way or Kittle. I did it. I, now I mix him up. Kelsey running this way again, big white guys, whatever. Um, <laughs> the football. Uh, I think he's going to have to start, you know, staying in the pocket and looking downfield. And I think that's going to be much easier to read for Von Bell, um, for a safety to read. When you just see the quarterback in the pocket, you can see where his eyes are, where his head's looking. Much easier to do than when he's on the run and you're trying to run and trying to see where he's going as well. So I think this plays into Von Bell's hands a little bit where he can actually, if Mahomes stays within the pocket, he's going to be able to, um, look him on down. Um, so that's where I'm at there. Um, I don't have just one for my offensive. I have an entire group. It's called the offensive fucking line. <laughs> Give Joe Burrow time to throw the football. You just have to. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I mean, Joe Burrow, what he's, what's he, what's, what he has done um what he has done with being rushed so much and having in the most part of his career a sieve of an offensive line um he's done great he they need to be better for him uh with 
the little mixing up um, last week, the new offensive line players that came in will look phenomenal for him. Uh, yeah. They're going to have to do it again. They have to be, they just have to do it again. That whole unit has to protect him, give him time. You give Joe Burrow time to throw the football. He is clinical. Pro- he's one of the best in my lifetime. And he's only been in the, uh, been in what, three years now? Yeah, three years. Yeah. He is clinical. He is one of my favorite quarterback quarterbacks to watch from the pocket when he has time to throw the football because he puts it where it needs to go with the same speed. It, he is phenomenal. He is phenomenal. And this is, we, we've talked about how we are Joey B fans. You know, he's just yeah. a cool cat. Dude, know, I'm a Patrick movie. Mahomes fan. I like both these guys. It's just. Oh, no, I love Mahomes. I love Mahomes yeah. to death. I, I I don't want Mahomes to be super successful because everybody was like, oh, Mahomes, he's going to beat Brady's titles. Ha, ha, ha. Go fucking Mahomes. So I was like, yeah, fuck Mahomes on that end. But I like Mahomes. I like how he carries himself. He is a phenomenal quarterback. Some of those things that he does is just, you're like, how? Like, yeah. How? But how, see, how the issue he is he's, he's throwing he does. underhand with his offhand. Like, come on. Yeah. The throwing issue is he does like yards. five of those that are legit a season. But then because he does five of them, then people pick 10 other things that most quarterbacks could do. And then they act like it was the other five things that he did. And it was just like, no, no, just it being the five things nobody else could do is still impressive. You don't have to inflate the numbers. Like, right. And that's right, where right. we get 100%. it. With the, um, yeah. So that, that, that's my pick, at least for Cincinnati um, is that whole offensive line, uh, especially being scrambled up right now. They have to protect Joe, Joe Burrow. They got to well, give them time to score points because you know the Chiefs, even with Mahomes hurt, they're going to score points. They're going to get at least in the range for field goals. They're going to put points on this board. So you're going to have to give Joey B time to get points on the board as well. And uh, hot take. Uh, the ironic thing is Brady gets mentioned with Mahomes, right? Because like you said, like everybody's like, Mahomes is the best quarterback to ever play. All he has to do is catch Brady in terms of Super Bowls, blah, blah, blah. And then the with the Purdy aspect, it's the same story with Brady, where he was drafted in the sixth, the seventh round, blah blah blah. I think of all the quarterbacks left in the playoffs, the one that reminds me of Brady in terms of how he plays and his stature, like in the pocket, is fucking uh Burrow. Like one hundred percent, the way he just stands in the pocket and just like orchestrates the offense in a way he's, that he's clinical. It's it's. And yeah, I'm. I honestly like. So I, I said in my lifetime, obviously Brady's Brady, and he's you know watching him stay in the pockets insane. But I'm gonna take the goat out of it. I'm taking Tom Brady out of that um, conversation. I thought that goes without saying. Um, but Burrow, holy shit, it is. You're right. He looks like Brady. He just stays in yeah. the pocket. He's not afraid with the pressure. He gets hit. That sucks. So he's got to make sure that his longevity of his career, you know, he doesn't get injured, but yeah, the dude's insane. The dude's insane. Yeah, no, I agree. And for you did, you did Kansas city, right? So I, I am doing starting with the offense. I think it is, these are going to be two very specific things, right? Well, the well, you defense, didn't do Cincinnati. I want to see your Cincinnati one. So I oh, just did. oh I, sorry. You did. Uh, so for Cincinnati, I really think it's going to have to be uh, Jamar Chase. 
the number one wide receiver for Joe Burrow, right? They played at LSU together. We've all heard that story a million fucking times. (laughs) Well, I just think that if this Bengals team wants to win against this Chiefs team, you need to have your best player on offense, you know, have his best game. I think we talked about it with AJ Brown, with uh, Ayuk, with Kittle. Like, uh, we're going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it with Kansas City, but for the Bengals, I still think they have the best offensive, maybe weapons in the entire uh, league. Definitely, I think, what's left in the playoffs because Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, both over 1,000 yards. They also have Joe Mixon and Perrine. And then, obviously, we talk about, you know, Burrow. They also have, I think, the worst tight end left in the playoffs, but he's still a pretty damn good tight end in uh, Hayden Hurst. So, yeah, I just think that in order to beat this Kansas – You don't really need that when you have three – when you have the best offensive receiving core, wide receiver core out there. Yeah. I mean, you have Chase, uh, Higgins, and Boyd. I really think Higgins or Boyd would be the number one wide receiver on most teams in this league. Like, I just think both of them are just, like, great, great wide receivers. Obviously, Jamar Chase is the number one wide receiving option on this team. And like you said, you're not going to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if he has a bum uh leg or not he can still stand in the pocket that's why i was saying that's such a tough question in my opinion yeah uh, that you that you threw to me but but i just think i don't think his uh ankle is gonna be nearly as big a factor in this game as people are making it out to be because when he was still on one leg against the jaguars he was like almost damn near perfect in passing so I think the that aspect of his game won't be as effective as much. There might be some, you know, kind of adjustments in the early part of the game where he is going to realize, oh, shit, I can't move and run like the way I can to avoid pressure. So all I think that's going to do is Andy Reid's probably the best, smartest coach left in this playoff field. All that's oh, going to allow yeah. Andy Reid to do is just draw up schemes and plays as if Chad Henney was in there, as if he had just a pocket passer who can't move, which he had with kind of late career Alex Smith, kind of late career Donovan McNabb. So he's played with quarterbacks that haven't been like young McNabb or young Patrick Mahomes who can move in the pocket. So I don't think that's going to be any any issue. What I do think uh, with what you said that I agree with to beat this Kansas City team, you're gonna your team, you're gonna have to be in a shootout with them. So you're going to have to move the ball and score. And Cincinnati's best option to do that is Jamar Chase. And I don't really think uh looking at the Kansas City defense, it's a good defense, it's not a great defense. And against what is it, uh passing attacks in this league, they are oh man, they are. 18th in the league in terms of pass yards per game, and Cincinnati is 23rd in the league. Now, I think Cincinnati has improved as a defense towards the uh, end of the season. I think Kansas City's defense, again, is good. It's not great. They really only have a couple standout players. I don't think they have a gr- as great a unit as Cincinnati does or 
the Eagles or the 49ers do. So I think defense, much like it has been throughout Patrick Mahomes' career with Kansas City, is their kind of weak spot. But if Jamar Chase goes off and he has 150, 200 yards, two touchdowns, how the fuck do the uh, the Bengals lose this game? I'm picking Kansas City, but I think this is a game where I agree. I think the line is like spot on because so this seems who, like a really damn close game. So we're kind of running out of time. Um, who is your X factors um, for the Chiefs offense defense? I could give you mine if you need some time. Oh, no. Wait, for the Bengals defense, I really, oh, yeah, this one's going to be much less specific. It is whoever they try to cover Travis Kelsey. We have seen. Tra- I don't know if it's going to be a linebacker. I don't know if it's going to be a quarterback. I don't know if it's going to be a safety. Whoever you put on Travis Kelsey, if you can get him less than, what, eight touches a game, you're probably going to win. Because during uh, the during the season, the when you look at wide receiver options, Travis Kelsey had 110 receptions for 1,300 yards. The next closest one to him was Juju Smith-Schuster, who had 40 less receptions. This offense is Patrick Mahomes. It's Travis Kelsey. You take what? Obviously, you take Patrick Mahomes out. 100% you're going to win the game. But if you take out even half of what Travis Kelsey usually is in a game, I don't see how this Kansas City team beats you. Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, do either of those two wide receivers scare you? Would they be number one wide receiver on literally any team in the league? I right. don't know. I think they would be both the fourth string uh, wide receiver on the other team, right? If both those guys were on the Bengals, they'd be well, fourth string guys. Saying, that's kind of why I was saying Velbon, Vaughn, Velbon, Von Bell. Von Bell. Oh, it looks like they're here. So the dogs are going to start going crazy. Kid's going to go out. So that's why we got to finish. All right, do your uh, do your picks and I'll do mine. Yeah. Or do you want me to do mine? Well, yeah. So we'll do mine real quick. While Casito quiets his uh his doggos. Uh, so for Kansas City, I do think I'll start with the defense. And again, this is going to be kind of a cop out pick, but I really do think it bodes well with what Casino was saying, which I think the defensive player for the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it is going to have to be up. Oh, it's going to have to be Chris Jones, the defensive tackle who has 15 and a half sacks this season. And really, he's the only standout defensive player for this Chiefs defense, right? He is the next closest guy in terms of sacks on this team is two with three and a half. So him to have 15.5 right in the middle of that line, right in the middle of that Kansas City defense. We talked about how the uh, Bengals last week had great performance by their new configuration of the offensive line. But if the Bengals have, or if the Chiefs have any shot to win this game, they're going to have to mess with, uh, they're going to have to mess with Joe Burrow's rhythm. And the best way you can do that is crash that line down on him, make him uncomfortable, make it where he has to run out of the pocket, make him a mobile quarterback where he's constantly 
running behind the line of scrimmage, trying to find somebody, right? Especially if you force him the opposite side of Jamar Chase, that takes out one of the biggest weapons in the game. So my pick for defensive X factor, it's an obvious pick, but I really think it's going to be a big factor in this game is Chris Jones of that Kansas City D-line. They're going to have to put pressure on Burrow and just hope he gives them two interceptions, an interception, you know, sacks, whatever you can do to just slow down and mess with Burrow's rhythm and this Kansas City Chiefs offense. That's fair. Casino? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll start off with defense first. Um, defense, it's it's going to have to be uh, uh, Sneed, their cornerback. That was, was going to be my next pick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's out there saying that uh, – the Chiefs secondary are going to be able to handle, like he's out there calling it out saying, Hey, we're going to handle the um, Bengals receivers. It's like, okay, well now that you... I want to see that. I want, yeah. I want to see that. You say, was that, that you... the same guy where a reporter asked what scares you about the Bengals offense? And he said, nothing, their offense is nothing to worry about. I'm not like, sure. It may, it may be. Why would you say that? Well, I mean, he's done <laughs> a decent regular season so far um, as, as a cornerback. Uh, he, he's got 108 total tackles, uh, 30 or solo tackles or combined tackles, uh, 33 assists, uh, three and a half sacks and three interceptions. So pretty good. And he's turned those um, 57 yards back on those um, interceptions. So pretty, uh, pretty good game. Um, considering his whole career, it's not that long. He, he just got into it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he joined in 2020, so not a big career, but he's doing really good for himself. He has to be better. If you're going to call out the best receiving core in the National Football League with the Cincinnati Bengals and those that three-headed dragon, show up. Show up. And Handle it, it also – Handle it. It, it was not him. It was the uh, Willie Gay, the linebacker for the chiefs said nothing about Bengals offense impresses anybody on the chiefs they beat you yeah. three times what are you yeah. talking about so and, and <laughs> that is what it is so i uh, i think with just in the past couple of days where you know they've been asking him uh, uh sb nation and, and sports illustrated all that are just keep asking him you know are you guys going to be able to handle this yeah we're going to be able to handle just fine well prove it i want to see that if he he might even be the guy that has to go after Kelsey, put him on him. Let's see. And you see if yep. he can handle that one of the biggest bodies in the entire game, who's his number, as you were saying, Patrick Mahomes' number one weapon. He's a tight end with the best wide receiving records on the team over Juju Smith Schuster being number two. And again, I mean, it's not even close. Like 40 receptions difference. That's insane. Your tight end is your best wide receiver. Yeah. That's it is what it is. But that's why Travis Kelsey is arguably the best tight end in the game right now. And he has been for years. Um, yeah. So my offensive side, um, oh, oh no. My offensive side is simple. It's a collective. It's a group. The running backs that Ooh. running, they need to step up. I mean, McKinnon really has to step up that that's their weak spot. Their, their running game really isn't that good. No, it's not that good. And with Patrick Mahomes not being 100% with that foot, he 100% has to get a run game going because if not, he's not going to be able to scramble as, like, like I said, like he normally can with the bum foot. I'm sure he's going to be injected with all that shit and 
taped up. He's going to be still doing all of his stuff, but that's going to catch up to him. You know, by the end of that game, he's not going to want to run, you know, 10 yards outside the pocket down the sideline and, and get that pass off to uh, Kelsey. So that being said, the running backs have to get established. They have to make some moves. It is what it is. We're I don't say this often, Casino. Get... What? Good take. Good take. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. They have to be. They have to be the best. They have to be fantastic. So, Well, also looking at the season rush yards for the Chiefs, like uh, Paco or Pacquiao, however the fuck you say his name, 830 yards. The second leading rusher is Patrick Mahomes at 358, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 302, and McKinnon at 291. So you're right. They don't have – They uh, have no running game. They have no running game. Yeah, no. it's that's they crazy. Have to, they have to do it. They have to step up. We are going to talk about other sports, except we went too long, Casino. We'll talk about it on next episode. Nothing really was going on at NBA anyways, uh, except all-star stuff, which we'll talk about on Tuesday. It's not, you know, immediate news that needs to break. Uh, you got anything before we get out of here? Fletcher Cox. <laughs> This has been the Only Sports Podcast. Uh, I will. That's that's. Uh, we'll see you. We'll see you Monday or Tuesday, maybe. I don't know. All right. Adios. <laughs>